0: name is Pippa and welcome to Get Your Vax Straight, a podcast for young people wanting to know more about the COVID-19 vaccine and hoping to get rid of all the myths and stuff we hear flying about the internet at the moment. So we'll be giving your questions to our very own vaccine doctor. Hi
1: Pippa, thanks for having me back, really glad to be here. Hopefully people have um, kind of sent some questions in and and, and, off the back of last week we've got more people coming forward for the vaccine and, and you know take this opportunity to kind of encourage people to take up the offer again and if we can bust some more myths that'd be brilliant
0: well we've got plenty of myths for you to bust don't you worry
1: (laughs) brilliant thank you
0: so today we're going to be talking more about the side effects of the vaccine, you know, what's what's normal to experience, what's not normal, things like that. So um, first thing I just wanted to ask, how much do we really know about the side effects of this vaccine? So
1: I think I think side effects are what a lot of people really do worry about and we've got a lot of knowledge about how the vaccine was developed and, and what side effects people experienced in those research trials sort of last year. We also delivering the vaccine to the population, so to everybody, we've been capturing side effects as we go. So we've got a really good system in the UK to to kind of pick up side effects of new drugs, new vaccines as they're rolled out. It's called the Yellow Card Scheme. Because back in the days where we had back in the days <laughs> yeah i know i feel old um back in the days where we where we had a book called the british national formula which still exists um it's a, it's a book of all the medications that are licensed in the uk there are a series of yellow cards in the back and you use those cards to submit what were what we referred to as adverse reactions or unexpected side effects to new drugs and so That program still exists. It still uses the card sometimes, but most people do it online. Um, And so every time there's an adverse reaction, a side effect, a new side effect, that gets sent off to the MHRA, the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory Authority. But they pull all that information together and update the the information that gets pushed out to doctors and nurses on the ground who are delivering the, the vaccine. So... We're learning more and more about the vaccine as time goes on. But to be fair, the the vaccine side effects that we knew about at the end of the trials was the end of last year. In the main, are the the sorts of side effects that we're seeing in, in the general population. And the vast majority are experiencing a really quite mild. But there are some patients, obviously, sadly, experiencing slightly more serious side effects. But they are incredibly rare side effects
0: but the database is constantly developing, constantly growing yeah. about yeah. side effects. It? I
1: think it, it comes back to the idea that this is this is still a scientific process. It's constantly looking for and analysing new information to better understand the vaccine programme in this case. So, yeah, it's, the database is absolutely still growing day by day.
0: It's comforting to know that it is still growing and being developed and being looked into all the time. It is A little
1: bit of comfort there. And I guess if we think back to to the very beginning of the vaccine programme, some of your listeners might remember that there were a couple of really nasty allergic reactions linked to one of the vaccines, and that led to those side effects being Recorded by the MHRA, investigations being done and recommendations being made about the sorts of allergies that people might have that could increase that risk. And therefore, those individuals shouldn't have that particular product. And that was within a handful of days. We went from, I think it was one or two people having a bad reaction to to new guidance coming out and changing the conversations that we were having with people before we we gave them the first dose. For me, this is about patient safety. And the NHS and the, the UK health system is very much focused on patient safety and making sure that we're doing the right thing by patients and kind of making sure it all works for them.
0: Uh, so another question going off of like people having allergic reactions and stuff. Yeah. How many people have actually died from having the vaccines? So
1: it's really difficult to give you an accurate number because that, that information kind of drips in and it's, it is very small numbers. Um, but I suppose the big risk that people have, will probably have heard about recently was the risk of a very uncommon blood clotting condition with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which I'm not sure how many people died, but certainly it was linked to a number of strokes Uh, which is a bit bit like a heart attack but in your brain um, where your brain doesn't get enough oxygen And, and so it's still very small numbers Um, And putting it in context, I think it was probably about four or six cases of of blood clotting per million vaccines given. So there's a similar kind of clotting condition that occurs in COVID. And it was about 160 cases per million cases of COVID. So you're a heck of a lot more likely to to have blood clots if you get COVID than if you have the vaccine. However, because of albeit a very small risk, we've changed the way we deliver the vaccine programme. So people under the age of 40 won't receive the AstraZeneca vaccine unless there's a very good reason why they can't have the other options. So although you know, I, I can't tell you how many people have died, I'm sure there will have been some people who've had serious illness, especially in light of the AstraZeneca product. But we've changed the way we deliver things so that actually we're using the safer vaccine in the younger population where we know that the risk might be different. So it, it's again, it, it's about, I guess, shifting the way we think and what we do based on the evidence that comes out really quickly.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, really. I
1: hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is it true that the vaccine causes inflammation that also causes headaches and cardiac problems, as well as the blood clots you were mentioning?
1: Um, we are starting to see, and I think the World Health Organisation is talking about the possibility of seeing some inflammation in, in heart muscle, um, in, in very rare cases, so mainly in young people. Um, and it seems to be slightly more in young men and it seems to be linked with the second dose rather than the first dose, it's still really early days on that one. So at the minute, the the, the jury's out I think is the answer. Um, but I think the, the really important thing here is that um, we've got a system in place to try and pick these things up and identify them and, and get on top of them and make decisions and change the plan or change the policy when we notice that there's a problem. And And in terms of headache, headache is one of the slightly more common side effects anyway with some of the vaccines. The ones that are available at the moment, not overly concerned. If you try and think back to when we talked about those blood clots in the, with the AstraZeneca vaccine, a lot of those blood clots were affecting the veins around the brain. And so patients who have developed a headache within 28 days of, a, of their first dose of, of AstraZeneca uh, were encouraged to, to seek uh, prompt uh, medical advice. Um, either through 111, uh, their own uh, contact, their own general general practice by telephone, but more likely um, they'll be referred up to the emergency department after discussion. I suppose what it illustrates is that our knowledge and understanding of the vaccines is changing and and we're changing our plan as we find out more to try to reduce the risk of problems, but also increase and maximise the number of people who we can get vaccinated um, and protected
0: okay so i was just wondering based on the research that you have so far would you say there's more side effects from the covid vaccine or more side effects from the contraceptive pill
1: so i I want to be really careful about comparing apples with apples so i think at the moment we're probably about to start talking about you know, we're going to compare an apple to an orange so both will have some side effects the clots is a good example actually the risk of blood clotting pregnancy so the purpose for taking contraception for many women uh, the blood clotting pregnancy is is significantly higher than the risk of blood clotting blood clotting disorder with the contraceptive pill which is also higher than the risk of blood clotting in vaccines, so it, it depends what side effects you're talking about obviously pill isn't going to give you a sore arm generally speaking it is probably less but they're not always the same side effects if that makes sense so you know i, I would encourage women who uh, wish to either regulate the periods or avoid pregnancy to continue using contraception and not stop it and but also just recognize that actually the vaccine is really safe and the side effects are in the vast majority of cases really mild and and probably less so than the contraceptive pill
0: That's that's crazy to think of that there's so much has blown up about the COVID vaccine, Mm. but in reality, a contraceptive pill that hundreds and thousands of people take has many more side effects than this vaccine does. I
1: think they have different side effects. And that's I mean, that's the problem. It's I really would love to be able to say categorically, you know, drug that you you buy over the counter to treat your headaches. Um, has more side effects than the vaccine. Actually, the reality is they've probably got about, yeah, if we're talking about paracetamol, they've probably got a similar number, but the severity is different. Yeah, paracetamol's fairly innocuous. Most patients take it, but if you take enough of it, you cause yourself to get really sick. Yeah, If you've got other, other conditions, you cause yourself to get really sick. The vaccine in the main, like I say, the vast majority of side effects are mild and don't last for very long at all. So, you know, at most a handful of days. Uh, If we were in the US, where they will almost certainly publish absolutely every single side effect linked to any medication, we probably wouldn't take anything. That's not to say those side effects don't exist. It's just that they are very rare uh, or very mild. Um, So we talk about, generally speaking, we talk about the common side effects, sort of the, the, the less common side effects and the very rare side effects. But yeah, whilst we are learning about the vaccine, we're continuing to learn about the vaccine. We've got a really good process in place for logging all those concerns or worries and looking at them and doing something with them. Um, In the main, the the side effects of the vaccine are, are mild.
0: So um, do you know at all why the vaccine is causing some people's periods to stop or change? I'll be honest, I'm
1: genuinely really glad you, you've asked me this question, or at least you've very kindly asked me this question ahead of time, because I, I had to go and look it up. The Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists, which sounds a, it's a really fancy group, um, it's basically they are the kind of national experts and representatives of, of doctors and other professionals who work and look at women's health and women's health in and out of pregnancy and at all other times. They've obviously flagged this and it, they've identified that possibly some patterns that are emerging and we're not sure, or they're not sure, and I have to say having read what they've written, I'm not sure either, um, whether that's because as human beings we try to find patterns. So if you know, something changed in my life, what did I do before that that might have caused that change? We try to figure out what's going on and, and why it's happened so we can avoid doing it again in the future. Um, which is brilliant because actually that's really sensible. That's learning from mistakes or learning from things that you, you might not wish to repeat. One of the things I've suggested is that actually women's periods often do change at different points in their lives. And we, you know, we are now vaccinating the under 30s and, and younger. And, and so yeah, actually that might be a time where we are anticipating some changes. We also know that uh, women's cycles can change as a result of psychological stress and you know, a year of lockdown and potentially coming out of lockdown and, and fear and anxiety around it may maybe may something else that's contributing. So I guess the simple answer at this point is they, and I guess I, would push to suggest that we probably need to look into this in, in more detail because actually understanding why this is happening could be really important in the future, um, if it is real, if it is related to the vaccine. And if it's not related to the vaccine, well, actually understanding why it's happening is also still really important. But the Royal College website has actually got a a link to report any concerns or possible side effects through the yellow card scheme that I mentioned earlier. So the public can report through there as well, which is sometimes really useful. Um, Back in the day when we had books, um, uh, it was predominantly doctors and nurses that were reporting. Actually, it's online now, so anybody can report and you can put as much or as little information in as you need. I'd encourage people to do that if they think they're having side effects from the vaccine. Oh,
0: yeah, nice. Uh, Running along from that, do you think there's any risks to women's reproductive systems from the vaccine?
1: Straightforward answer is no. There's no evidence that there's any uh, issues with female reproductive system or with with fertility at a later date. I think this is one of those big myths that seems to be out there, and I'm not sure where it's come from. And I don't know whether anybody knows where it's come from. And the, the problem with these, a lot of these myths, as, as you said previously, is that they, they kind of just build over time and become kind of...
0: Yeah, exactly. Chinese whispers.
1: Um, so, so yeah, and again, the, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists has written extensively to say there is nothing to suggest that there's anything in the vaccine that causes problems with female fertility at a later date. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I can be any stronger than that. I think the answer is no.
0: That's comforting to know. So one last question for you. Yeah. Should we be worried about the long-term effect of the vaccine is obviously it can't be tested really. So
1: I think that is, it is a very reasonable concern that I think a lot of people have. I don't think we need to be worried about the long-term side effects of the vaccine personally as a, as a doctor or actually as a citizen in this country who made use of the vaccine programme and makes use of the NHS. The longer-term stuff I guess is going to come to light over time. But I don't think anybody's at this point particularly concerned that there are concerns with the vaccine. I think there probably are concerns about what long COVID means if people get it. Uh, And I think that's probably a bigger concern. We don't know how many people who who contract COVID disease, whether it's mild or severe. We don't know how many of them are going to go on to develop long COVID. We're we're learning about that as it goes. I think we don't know for definite that the vaccine will stop long COVID. But I think the hope, you know, the the, the reasonable logical thought process is if we're reducing the severity of the COVID disease, we're likely to reduce anything else. But yeah, I mean, if we're talking about several million people not being vaccinated and being at risk and some of them get it and then some of those go on to develop long COVID, that's a a big issue for an individual, for their family, for the community around them. So yeah, I... I'm less worried about any long, long-term effects of the vaccine cause I don't think I don't think there are going to be any particularly concerning ones. I'm more concerned about the effects of long COVID on, on young people especially because you've got whole lives ahead of you.
0: Right, I think that's everything for today. Thank you, Dr James.
1: You're very welcome. I'm sorry to end on a bit of a downer.
0: <laughs> so, all right, I think it has helped clear up a lot of worries and issues about side effects that a lot of people have, including myself as well. So yeah, thank you for joining us for get you back straight and we'll be back in the next episode to talk about immunity against COVID-19 and getting all your questions answered. Brilliant.
1: Well, thank you very much and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye, bye.